Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins. This is Shirley Manson. This is Low Tallest, co-founder of The Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song. The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. To keep the music flowing, we'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, and then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcast and, you know, everywhere else in, the, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead. Download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with... An audio interview series presented by WFPK Independent Louisville, Consequence of Sound, and the Consequence Podcast Network. Wherever you're listening from today, please do hit the subscribe button right now. And if it's a place where you can leave a rating or a review like iTunes or Podchaser, uh, go ahead and do that as well. I'm Kyle Meredith. Today, my guest is Graham Coxon. You know him as the uh, guitarist from Blur. He's also had a long solo career. In fact, we're going to be talking about the 20th anniversary of his debut solo record, The Sky is Too High, and his most recent release, which is a scoring of the television show, The End of the World. Aside from that, of course, we're also going to talk about Blur quite a bit, and he lets us in on some uh, new stuff that he's working on, a concept piece and an unreleased record. Dig in. It's Kyle Meredith with Graham Coxon of Blur. Hello, Kyle. Hey, Graham. How are you? I'm all right. Well, I hope you don't mind. Uh, I know we got a lot to talk about here, and and part of it oh, uh, has us into the time machine, heading back to uh, 1998, because I was noticing that your first solo record uh, turns 20 years old this year. The sky is too high. I, is yeah, that that's something? Amazing. Yeah. I, I hadn't even thought about it until someone said. <laughs> I had no idea. I didn't. I, you know, I, I don't know whether it's because. It's like a totally different life or a different me or i couldn't possibly imagine it would be 20 years but yeah it kind of feels like 20 years ago well you know i'll start with the big picture what comes to mind when you think about that record because looking back on it i mean you put that out right at the height of blur mania at least in america uh, as it was um yeah i suppose it was an awkward period for me i had no intention of ever writing solo material i i and i i kind of um the beginnings of that album and probably the beginnings of me writing any any kind of songs for my myself outside of Blur was 
was that a friend of mine had an idea for a film. He was writing a script and he said, look, I'd, I'd, it'd be great if you could, because you're in that blur band, you know, it'd be great if you could write a couple of songs for my for, for this film. And, and I was like, yeah, well, well, good. I've never done that really before, but I'll give it a go. Um, and what happened is that the film never got made, but I, but it kicked me off writing songs. So <laughs> it was a kind of good one. And there's We Two, You, Me, We, no, Me, You, We Two, and A Day Is Far Too Long. And I wrote those two songs first to, with this film in mind. So um, I, I, maybe I wouldn't have ever written any solo stuff if it, if it wasn't for him saying, could you write a couple of songs for this film I want to make one day? So there you go. Yeah, that's interesting because when I listen back to it, especially comparing it to your recent scoring and film work uh, that we'll get to here in a moment, this would have worked with that type of scoring. You know, it's lo-fi, it's sort of smaller songs, you know, that uh, work in a, not a background sort of way, but, but could definitely help the scene along. It's really interesting that that's the way it came about. Yeah, I, I guess I wasn't... I mean, I, I, I was interested in experimenting with sounds, really, I suppose the words and the songs and things like that were secondary so it was really simple poetry you know um and and that was it really um just just i didn't really really think think much about it, it i was playing the acoustic guitar a little bit on it i i didn't i really didn't know what i was doing and i and i, and I had a, i had a guitar or two but um the thing is i discovered a lot of music i discovered a lot of really good stuff i discovered a lot of american punk rock a lot of um, mainly American stuff, you know. I, I really delved into Sonic Youth, Pavement, um, Minutemen, and and also things like Smog was an influence because he seemed to be a really like Africa of like just bloody just doing the song, you know, just just whatever, record it, you know. Pavement's first album, it was just like, well, you've got a song, record it. You don't have to do a huge budget on it, you know. Um, there there was other groups like Yola Tango. Which, which, and and all of all of this collectively, when I was listening to it on tour, and, you know, and listening to it, you know, in altered states, listening to it really nice and together and sober, and just really, I really got really imbued with, I suppose, that ethic, and and um, just just simple little sentences that that come from the heart with some with a little bit of music going with it, <laughs> sort of. That's just kind of what happened, you know. And and I did invite Damon to listen to some of it. I was like, you know. If you think any of this stuff could be good for for, for blur for blur songs, then we can use it. And you know, he visited me in the studio when I was toward the end of recording, and I played him a couple of things. He was like, "No, it's great. You just do it." And <laughs> I don't think we'll be needing any of this for blur. <laughs> <laughs> there was always sort of a thing out there, and and you still see it in. If you go back and listen to uh, read some of the reviews of it, where people had said that this was sort of the type of album that uh, you wish Blur, the self-titled Blur, would have been with this type of music, I is there any truth to that? Um, well, I, I guess in, in a way we did in the end. You know, with with the Blur Blur album, I think I kind of won in a way, influence-wise, on that because because we did get a bit of Tortoise kind of sound in there. We we got a kind of Beckish kind of like hobo slacker thing whatever it's called <laughs> i hate categorizing but you know what i mean and we got a bit of like pavement type stuff you know because the rest of the band didn't like this i drove i drove i drove the rest of blur absolutely crazy on tour with this music like blasting out pavement and you know one foot in the grave that really early beck album and and spiderland by slint 
and stuff like this, they, I drove them absolutely mad with it. But really on that album, I managed to get a lot of that kind of American influence, I guess, into it. I don't know whether it's, whether it's obvious, but, but really all, the, all of the time, the American guitar players were influencing me a lot more. The English guitar players at the time were bo- really boring, really dull. And I, you know, I can hear Two Hearts Beat as one by Yola Tengo and Spiderland and Slightly and Enchanted changed my life hearing that stuff. Mm. Um, and I was like, wow, people are doing such good stuff with guitars. And I guess I wanted to just experiment with noise. It, it's just not appropriate for Blur. You know, Blur was doing its its its, its thing. Um, and when Blur played live, maybe I would I would I would go a little bit heavier on the guitars and the experimentation and pick my moments to get my revenge sonically. But in the studio, you know, it was it was good. Blur was Blur. I mean, I wanted to make some experimental other kind of and not so experimental, just little songs that that yeah. really couldn't be a part of it. You know, um, it was not it was not like I wanted Blur to be doing this music. It's just that I had stuff that wasn't appropriate for Blur to make. You know, much the same as. Some Gorillaz songs for Damon I heard when we were in Blur, and they just didn't work with Blur. So so a demo he had made didn't work for Blur. He kept the demo, and it worked for something else, you know, when he was working on his own or with somebody else. So it's just the thing, the song has to fit the band, you know. Well, there's so many good moments in that little record. I'd really love listening to, really love listening to Who the Fuck. It's really different than the rest, you know. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's a cool listen, that whole record. I mean, yeah, I, 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 I am really demonstrating my total mardass attitude. Mardass is a sort of someone in a, you know, a, a, a grumpy, spoiled brat, really. Um, just, I mean, um, doing that song, that song was quite fun because I just said, well, roll the tape, and then I just played the drums from beginning to end of the song, um, you know, with, with no click track or anything. I just, I just played the drum part, you know, into silence or into microphone. <laughs> And then I went ahead and put guitars over the top. So it's, it's pretty loose, to say the least, yeah. <laughs> well, we'll jump into the present here because, you know, as we're talking, as we mentioned earlier, uh, you have been part of more scoring and soundtracking with the End of the Fucking World, yeah. which came out earlier this year. What was the challenge like for that? Because it sounds like you sort of had a running start, but was this different? Was this its own beast? Well, it, it kind of was. I, I always approach it. It's funny that people have said to me that it's kind of similar to your work you did earlier on in your solo stuff, and and I guess it is actually. And and, and I, I suppose for this for the soundtrack, I was trying to get the sort of atmosphere of any scene, and then making a mini song to fit. You know, I wasn't really doing it to picture to the action. I was doing it as if the songs had existed already, and the guys who were making the the TV program were were choosing them. So. There was some 60s sounding stuff, and there was some early 90s sounding stuff, there was some 80s sounding stuff, some 70s sounding stuff. Um, but they're all like mini songs that you could dip into and 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 use, you know. So there's a song called Angry Me, which was kind of meant to be a little bit more of a, like an early Beck kind of tune. And it's just, you know, sometimes I I really liked the song, and I and I extended the arrangement a bit and. I tried to play an organ solo in that one, but I can't really play the the organ. So I got the kind of lead singer, which was me again, to kind of take the piss out of him, you know, because he can't play. So, so <laughs> I'm trying to make it sound like a band that already existed that were kind of, um, you know, there's this really amazing track by the Velvet Underground called um, Temptation Inside of Your Heart. 
and there's a bit where they're just ad-libbing at the end and they're doing backing vocals and they're, and they're taking the piss out of each other. They're ribbing each other. And, you know, you don't sound like Martin and the Vandellas and, and shut up and all this kind of thing. And they're, they're kind of... And they comment and Sterling Morrison is commenting on his own guitar solo as they're doing backing vocals. You know, it's kind of, it's kind of weird. So I took that idea for, in Angry Me towards the end where it's like, well, you know, do, you, do you actually even play the organ? And it's like, no. no. And, you know, there's a kind of a mini argument going on and um, so i wanted them they said them to create band imagery if you want if you know what i mean um but yeah i guess they're all kind of short short kind of fun size in england we have these chocolate bars that are not the normal size and they're they're too small and they'd always be disappointing and they're called fun size <laughs> oh yeah and we have those like, yeah, yeah 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 but they're not fun size at all <laughs> so um, they're sort of like um they're sort of fun size songs, you know. And then there were other ones that were more drawn out and a little more mature, maybe when where I, I I was getting out my lap seal and using a little tremolo arm and trying to get a kind of more Americana kind of style and some Link Ray, you know. So I, I like so much different types of music that I guess I can draw on so many influences. Well, there's a lot to dig into. Uh, it's kind of a John Spencer vibe on on the prowl and. Oh, yeah. I love the old John Spencer music stuff. I love the, the Blues Explosion stuff. I definitely got that vibe. Did you have to get into um, a teenage mindset for, for the lyrics to embody those characters? Well, kind of. I mean, I'm kind of like that anyway. It's really, I don't know, I, it makes me think of people who I considered adult when I was a kid. If they were feeling anything like me at the time, then they weren't feeling like adults at all you know I, I still maybe I'm very emotionally stunted I, I, I'm not I'm not sure I mean I'm getting better these days but but it's very easy for me to get into that that frame of mind um to get into a the world is hurting me ah she hates me ah this kind of this kind of state of mind it's just really easy because I I had so much of it when I was growing up you know um and I don't know why you know I don't know why I I, I had it they, they call it a kind of a, a kind of a weird addictive type of um, mindset mm-hmm. where where you know you swing from one thing to the other and you don't want attention but you need it when you get attention you hate it oh, and, and nothing is ever quite right in your head so um, it, it, that's just how I am I am naturally I sort of I I, 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 I live with that constant buzz buzz of embarrassment and awkwardness so it comes it comes through in the music in spades if I allow it um, but, you know, it's like the walking all day song. I mean, that's kind of like a little poem that I would have written maybe when I was 17, you know. They're, they're, they're kind of teenage lyrics. But, you know, um, some people were young and they were writing beautifully mature lyrics. I, I was just watching John Martin and, and uh, in the 70s, and he has, these, he has a great maturity mm. when he's singing, and his songs, are, his songs are incredibly mature and beautiful. And yet he was a total puerile maniac when he wasn't inside his songs, you know. So uh, I suppose we all we, we can all draw on experiences. and It's like acting. It's like what I, I've said it before. I think it was closer to, to acting for me, acting like a, an arty guy in a, in a post-punk band or acting like I was making some sort of cinematic Scott Walker-style thing or I was acting like, you know, a 21-year-old in 1992 for another song and um and then there there are the more the more pretty kind of songs that are acoustic like saturday night and things like that which are which are 
and something in the way that you cry, which is just really very naturally me. That's just that's just the side of of me, the, the sort of tenderness. You know, it depends what subject matter, but something in the way that you cry. You know, very often people will think that they're they're they're, they're written for a, a lover or a, or a kind of girlfriend or something like that. So very often they're written about a toddler or a <laughs> six-year-old. And, um, but it just translates very well. I mean, if you keep the lyrics vague enough, people just apply the emotions in the song mm. to the people in their lives, and that's where it, it gains weight, yeah. I guess. Or there's that detached, the detached lyrics in the bus stop song, which is really, really like... Um, Oh damn! What's it? Yeah, I mean that's a very uh, familiar familiar sound to a lot of people who, who like the late seventies kind of arty arty kind of post punk yeah. stuff. And and it's and it's and it's kind of um, what is that kind of the kind of leave me alone kind of thing, post punk sort of lyric. All right. Well, I'm such a fan and of it and of the soundtrack and of all your solo work. I don't think it gets in a big enough spotlight over here in America uh, as it probably does in the UK, which is which has been a shame. There's definitely a lot of blur talk still, and and for what it's worth, the Magic Whip was a fantastic record, one of my favorites of that oh, year. Thanks. Do you do you want to do another record with Blur? Is that a desire at all? Yeah, it's just it just these things just happen when they need to happen. There's no plans right now, but you know we all do different things, and then there's going to be one day when it hits us. Oh, that would be seems like a good idea to, to do that now, and. You know, no one's doing anything particularly deep, and no one's that busy. Um, and 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 this sort of thought rears its ugly head, and and it becomes a reality. I don't think these things can ever be um, forced into happening because it just it just wouldn't work. Uh, uh, musicians, I think, when they're forced in that way, um, I don't think it's it's always a good good thing. If they've known each other for a long, long time, they've got to really want to do it. And, and so it's it's impossible to say yes and when because these things just come out of nowhere. But I, I really don't think it. I, I really, I I really don't see why not. Why why they can't be another Blur album? You know, we're all still alive and um, in reasonable control of our faculties. So um, it's just that time when the notion comes upon us all and the stars align and and then we we. We go, yeah. Why not? Yeah. You know, well, it's just how it's always worked, really, with us. I always look forward to when it does happen. What's next for you? What happens uh, after this? Are are you looking at more soundtracks or more solo work? I know Falling it came out last year, so. Well, I'm always, yeah, I'm always writing. I've been writing all year at home in my in my studio, and obviously that's where I sneaked out earlier on to look at some kind of compressor or something, you know. <laughs> and um, and um, so I constantly kind of work i'm in a bit of a lull right now i've come to the end i think of a sort of a conceptual piece of recording concept wise i think i've come to the end and 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 i'll do something with that at some point plus i've got an album that has never been released which has been sitting around for years so hopefully that'll come out and that was recorded same time as a and e so hopefully that will come out at some point um that's a nice kind of record so i think people like like my stuff will like that because it's very me-ish, it's kind of indie-ish and sort of sixties influenced. That they might like that. So I'm trying. I'm trying to get that out at some point. I'd like to go play some shows, stretch myself a bit, do the stuff that scares me to death. You know, like uh, <laughs> play play some more intimate kind of shows with not an awful lot of uh, amplification. That kind of thing would be sweet. And then I don't know, but I mean, you know, there's stuff going on. There's stuff going on mm-hmm. and I'm, uh, that I'm excited about. 
that I don't want to talk too much about because it's ruin, ruin, surprise. But sure. so there's a couple of things going on, and, it, and it's good. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, I look forward to every one of them. I really do. And, and thank you, Graham, for uh, taking the time to jump back in the Wayback Machine for a little bit here. I, I really do appreciate it. Uh, it's been a pleasure. All right, bye. Hey, thanks so much to Graham Coxon for giving me the call. His newest release, again, is the uh, soundtrack to The End of the Effing World. Don't forget, you can subscribe to Consequence of Sound's YouTube channel to keep up with your favorite artists and interviews. And uh, for you podcast fans, head over to iTunes, Podchaser, give us a rating and a review. And wherever you are, please do hit the subscribe button. Uh, And then head over to WFPK.org. That's where I do a show every Monday through Thursday from noon to 3 Eastern. I'm Kyle Meredith, and I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.